Welcome to Nudist Colony, the new metal discussion podcast. I'm Brent Hibbard, and along with me is everyone's favorite half German, half Scottish, half podcast host, Ross Lichtai. What's up, you pieces of shit? <laughs> Coming in as hot as you went out last this night. This is Ross on the ones and twos, the wheels of steel, as the DJ for this band likes to say. Yeah, they they get brought up a couple of times, and they oh, didn't yeah. even have an actual DJ at that point. Like, do they not? No, no. Okay. It's just it, there were four pieces at that point that used a lot of scratches and samples and loops. And you know from who? From whom? Mm-hmm. Santa. PJ Lethal, mm-hmm. bring it on. That's true. That That's shocked true. me. I did not realize that. Oh really? No. Oh, that was one of the few things I remembered about the album. <laughs> Uh, how are you doing today? Oh, you know. Great. <laughs> We're in 2022. Moving on. Carry it. Move on. Is, what is this? Is this the first record for 2022 that we've done? I know um, the episodes are coming out in 2022, but this is the actual... I think the previous two episodes were recorded... Yeah, they were. Yeah, before uh, New Year's is uh, when we recorded that last one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Wow. Hey, we made it. You know? Hey, another year, another dollar. <laughs> my, my boss makes a dime and... I take a shit in the shower. <laughs> I think that's a lyric for one of these songs yes. that's coming up. <laughs> this is way better than the lyrics for this song. Uh, for this album, yes, yeah. Oh my god, it's <laughs> happening already. It's going downhill super quick. Uh, but today's main topic is Sugar Ray's Lemonade and Brownies, released on April fourth, nineteen ninety five, and it was produced, produced, produced. <laughs> it was produced. By O.J. Simpson. By the juice of very damn self. Uh, produced by Joseph McGinty Nickel, a.k.a. McGee. That, what the fuck? I know. Corn's, uh, <laughs> Corn's video director was like, hey, <laughs> I got something I could do. And the link between Limp Biscuit with DJ Lethal. So these mm-hmm. guys, I know all of our listeners, all of our thousands, of, well, let's be honest, millions of listeners out mm-hmm. there are going, Sugar Ray, a new metal album? Check and mate. You got Mick G and DJ Lethal. <laughs> that's true. Honestly, that's all we need to say. This could be a short episode. I think we're killing it here in about three minutes. Um, but yeah, so the, I didn't realize that Mick G was producing music. I don't think he realized it either. Uh, I think it's yeah. just something that he I don't know. I was, I was trying to research it a little bit. And it seemed like one of these things where it's like somebody just kind of like fells their way up a ladder or something because yeah. I don't know how he just like had access to a studio or anything like this. Well, he was friends with Mark McGrath. Nick G. I think they're the same person. Oh my God. Okay. Let's honestly, I don't think I've ever seen Mark McGrath. I don't think I've ever seen Mark McGrath and Mick G in the same spot before. No, no unless I, unless they're the same person then in fact I have. <laughs> so I guess that's a little bit confusing. Yeah. When somebody like says that shit about Superman, it's like, well, I mean, you have, you just didn't know it, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but it, honestly, I I've never seen Bruce Wayne and Superman in the same spot before, so I'm just saying, you know, no, it's impossible. No, no, it's stupid. Yeah, Superman's not that rich. That's just he's not. No, he's poor as shit. No one knows who he is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's one of us. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's go over the personnel here. So as we mentioned, um, exec produced. I'm sorry, produced by McG, executive produced by DJ Lethal, who also did turntables and samples throughout the album, and then DJ Homicide, who would eventually become Sugar Ray's DJ, did some additional scratches. 
Um, I don't know. Like all the scratching kind of sounds pretty basic on this to me. And actually, you know yeah. what? This is the first time <clears throat> that I'm able to mention that I was a DJ in some bands back in the day. And uh, that's like my favorite fucking shit ever. Like, and I'm very particular. And a very important part of, and a very important say, aspect yeah. of new metal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like um, that is almost one thing you can kind of define new metal. Although Korn didn't have a DJ. No. They just had Jonathan Davis scatting on the mic. <laughs> yeah. And bagpipes. And bagpipes. Yeah. <laughs> Some say that the Scottish version of turntables is bagpipes. Yeah. You know, well, so. Scottish people say that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Speaking of Scottish people, yeah. Karen Gillan, if you're listening... Um, she is obviously I'm married, but my wife gives me a pass. So, uh, for you. So, Mm -hmm. um, if you're listening, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. shoot me a message on Raya. I'm on there. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta give me that password. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in addition to all of that production shit. Uh, the main band consists of Mark McGrath, who does vocals, Rodney Shepard on guitars and backing vocals, Murphy Carges, Carges? Yeah, Murphy Carges on bass, and then Stan Frazier on drums. Uh, he was a drummer in the band that eventually just decided he wanted to stop playing drums um, in subsequent albums, anyway, where they were just like, eh, let's just throw a drum loop on there that's consistent throughout the entire track. Yeah. Should we do some drum fills in there? Nope. Fuck that. Nope. <laughs> Cougars don't care about drum fills. You goddamn right. But he would play like acoustic guitar and and do backing vocals and shit. So yeah. I don't know. It seems like if you're a drummer, you'd want to play drums. But you know, they kept know. him employed for a while. Apparently, they all left except for Mark and the guitarist, uh, Rodney. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's talk about this album in particular. Um, so this is the debut album from Sugar Ray. It was released, like I said, on April 4th, 1995. Clocks in at 43 minutes, 7 seconds. So it is a, a fairly quick one. I think the last album we did, which was Corn, self-titled, that was like over an hour long, if I remember correctly. It's like 65 minutes, something like that. Yeah, but it does have that long, like 30-minute last song. Maybe not 30 minutes, uh, maybe like 15 minutes. It's mm-hmm. a really last, long last song. I don't know if that's included in the runtime or not, but... Uh, I don't know. I looked this up on Wikipedia, so I just dis- I'm just it could literally say it's for 1000 years long. I'd be like, yeah, OK, well, yeah, that's what it well. says. Yeah, lie on the Internet. No, especially Wikipedia. <laughs> so uh, Eliminating Brownies was a commercial failure, but they would go on to multi-platinum success with their sophomore album, Floored, which is the first time I ever heard of them. Fly no. was like the lead single and it was like a smash hit. I thought that was weird. Um, because generally if, if, uh, at least nowadays, if, a if, a if a, uh, company record record company signs an artist and mm-hmm. their first album is a massive failure, mm-hmm. that person isn't on the <laughs> record anymore, yeah. record label anymore. They're mm-hmm. gone. Um, but they get a second chance and I mm-hmm. have one and one and only theory about that, which is Mark McGrath, Mark, Mark McGrath, <laughs> Mark McGrath is fucking hot. That's I a, think that's why that's a safe bet. I would, I would yeah. wager. Mm-hmm. He's a babe. He's a robo babe. That night, it seems like Sugar Ray as a band was embedded with Deftones, Corn, those type of successful bands. Maybe yeah. went out on the road and like supported some of those efforts and built up a little bit of a following there yeah yeah but yeah mainly he's like an attractive dude very attractive Mm -hmm. guy yeah still is 
Like, he is, yeah. Even in like uh, saw an interview with him not that long ago, and mm-hmm. uh, dude's still looking looking like a snack. Oh, he was on Celebrity Big Brother like a couple of seasons ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. I didn't watch it. I just he, uh, he actually McGrath says this is his favorite album that they did. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, it's a fucking fun album. It's a fun album. It's such a like. So the first new metal album is Korn self-titled. <laughs> so dark, especially at the very end. You leave on such a dark note that like going into this one, it almost gave me fucking earball whiplash. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a it's a this is a drunken party frat album where Korn mm-hmm. is a slit your wrists and cry album. Mm-hmm. But they're both new metal. Yeah. It's, it's a th- big umbrella. This is it is a big umbrella, and people don't understand or respect that yes. so please get on board with all of this that said i had been going through our google doc and updating our new metal timeline and adding different albums and everything and i have become so sad looking at this thing because there are certain points where i'm like oh, i don't want to have to talk about this for an hour and change but <laughs> we'll, we'll do it eventually yeah. you know um so we have to acknowledge the cover art on this. Oh. We did a little bit at the end of the last episode, but this has the greatest album cover of all time. I don't mm. care who says what. Like, Pink Floyd, please get fucked. Get fucked. Yeah. You don't. I'm you saying it right get, now. Yeah. Kanye? No. No. Get out of here. Uh, who the else? The Life is? of Pablo? Mm-hmm. Does it have a chick doing doggy on a fur carpet? No. Get fucked. I don't even know if she's like doing doggy, but she is prone for. She is prone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, honestly, that's all I need. I want the whole photo shoot of this. <laughs> oh, my God. I would. I would lose my fucking mind and my pants. Um, so, yeah, Nicole Eggert is the the model that's on the front. She was in uh, Baywatch at the time. And more like Baywatch. Oh, my. Did you just come up with that? I, no. OK, I wrote it. Oh my I wrote God. it. I, I workshopped that for <laughs> oh my three days. You can tell. You can yeah. tell. It's good, though. Yeah. It's good. It was the effort was worth it's about it. delivery. Um yeah, it's like uh, fucking DoorDash. So Nicole Eggert, she was like like you were saying on on Babe Watch. It's just so fucking good. Um, she was not like the most popular actress on there. That would have been Pam Anderson. But oh, goddamn, she was she's turning up on this. Oh, yeah, you know, this is perfect. Yeah, perfect album cover. Amazing. It reminds me of the old uh, uh, like old uh, like big band jazz albums that you would find. Yeah. like like yeah. Um, like uh, say more. Um, <laughs> you okay? Uh, God. Where's your writer's room? Marv now? Albert. Um, <laughs> uh, no. Um, yeah, well, I'll edit this out later. <laughs> no, there, there's like old um, like uh, big band. Uh, uh, jazz albums that would always have like sexy uh, Tijuana brass. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you can Google these things, but they're they're very much in that line of uh, types of albums, uh, album covers. I'm pretty sure that that they were directly inspired by those albums because yeah, and you can see the the font of the the album has that feel to it as well. It has the little right. like stars around it and whatnot. Um, but I mean, I love how sexy the album cover is but it's called lemonade and brownies which is in reference to pee and poop it's just like a, <laughs> yeah. a nice contrast you know herb albert i said marv albert which is <laughs> wasn't he a crossdresser or something like that marv albert mm-hmm. um isn't he isn't he uh the the yes on uh, uh god damn 
I don't think we know anything. I, that's the problem with researching these albums is I have to flesh all other information out of my head in right. order to maintain it for this. No, okay, okay. Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. Specifically, oh, yeah. the Whipped Cream and Other Delights. Damn, Daniel. Um, there were lots of albums in this, uh, use this sort of, uh, you know, sexy woman in a, a revealing pose mm-hmm. on the album. And I am all for it. I wish more people did that. And um, that's it. <laughs> Just that, that was a good album. Come make on. more porn. I'm going to I'm going to need you to give me a copy of that. that yes, sir. I actually had the physical record and I bought it because of that picture. How could you not? The rest of it's OK. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're like, oh, someone put music in this. <laughs> yeah. Disgusting. Get out of here. Uh, Illuminating Brownies produced three singles. Mean Machine. 10 Seconds Down and Iron Mike. Mean Machine was included in the late 90s video game Road Rash 3D and Road Rash 64. Both great games. I don't remember these games at all. Oh, I do. Do you? Yeah. yeah. The 64 specifically because oh, yeah, you could yeah. choose the songs on it. And I would just play that song. I wouldn't play any of the others. It's some good songs on there. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think a certain shade of green was on there. If I remember that right. Um, mm-hmm. But I listened to like that and this one. Like, yeah. Just these two only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New metal was like buzzing in California back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Between Incubus, Corn, and well, I guess Deftones is from there as well. Sugar yeah. Ray. Yeah. Uh, that, like Others. a lot of them come from that, yeah, like like Sacramento, like uh, like very kind of like situated in that one area. I'm sure they all played together like a million times. And I know mm-hmm. like Mark McGrath was really good friends with, you know, Chino. And um, there was a funny thing that I saw uh, where uh, Jonathan Davis was talking about the first time that he saw Chino. And he said that they both looked at each other. And kind of started circling each other because okay. they looked the same. <laughs> <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. Chino may dispute that. Mm. Uh, oh, he seems to dispute everything. Yeah. yeah. Mm. One time he said, uh, and we're not talking about corn, but he, he said that corn uh, never evolved past like the 12 year old um, <laughs> writing lyri- angsty lyrics in like a notepad phase, mm-hmm. uh, which is true. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shitty thing to say. Yeah. Chino. Uh, doesn't care. No. <laughs> and he's mostly drunk and high all the time. Yeah. And but, that's when you say the best stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So here's some problematic things to say. <laughs> uh, no, uh, let's talk about the band sound. So this album in particular, and if people have heard like Fly or the 1459 album. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those songs sound wildly different than what's on this. So we've got down tuned <laughs> yes. guitars with occasional solos. Solos aren't something that show up in new metal very often, but no. they do like pop in there every now and then. Um, there's some groovy bass lines, uh, mostly live drums on this, which as we talked about is like goes away in subsequent Sugar Ray albums. Um, There's more of a rough vocal style than later efforts for Sugar Ray. Gang vocals, which I'm always down for. I love those so fucking much, where it's just like a group of people shouting or singing together. Right, yeah. God, it's the fucking best. Yeah. It sounds like it's... I don't know how you would not have a good time participating in that, right. you know? And no one has to be on key or, like, uh, no. perfectly with the rhythm. It's better if you're not. Uh-huh. It's just a bunch of people shouting. I think if you were in a gang vocal recording session and somebody, like, multiple people got on key or, like, sang proper notes, you would just fire a gun in the air to, like, <laughs> yeah. shake them out of it and then do another take <laughs> immediately. 
Um, and then uh, overall, the album is more musically diverse than people would expect. But generally, there's like a party dude type of aesthetic. Oh, yeah. Michelangelo from Ninja Turtles fucking loves this album. I'll have an anchovy and marshmallow pizza. That's my Michelangelo. <laughs> the cartoon version. I mean, it holds up for various yeah. versions. Yeah. Yeah. I realize that I can only do stoner impression in pr- cartoon stoner impressions. I wonder why. I don't know. What leads to that? <laughs> yeah. One wonders. Like whoa, scoops. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I can do. Do you think whenever uh, Shaggy sees a uh, a clean shaved woman like downstairs, he goes like no pubes? <laughs> like no pubes. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's what I call a Scooby snack. (laughs) We built a thing together. I'm proud of that. Uh, Okay, so let's uh, let's go through the different songs. So we've got 14 total tracks with 15 songs because, of course, there's a hidden track. Uh, I don't know if you stumbled upon this or not, but it was a thing they did back in the day. Uh, Everybody did it. Everybody did it. Uh, You gotta have a DJ and you gotta have a hidden track. Uh, And also something that pops up in new metal quite a bit uh this would be the first example of that as we're going through the timeline here but there's like an opening like track that's not really something a band would perform live right but it's just like a, a opening instrumental like a welcome to the album type of yeah. thing yeah so let's start there with track one snug harbor uh i've got a note here it's a fun little intro to the album that represents the fun and excitement of the band after getting a record deal that's what i read online i'm taking it as fact how can you not Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. There's a lot of these little little interludes, these like sort of um, uh, uh, groove, I don't know, what, groovy, um, sort of loungy. Yeah. Uh, uh, a little bit of funk in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of thrown in. And I actually really, really enjoy There's one in particular that's probably my one of my favorite songs on the album. Okay. We'll get to it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoy this because it breaks it up. It breaks the album up. It keeps... Because some of these songs... Because there's no real melody to most of these songs, um, and uh, maybe on first listen, uh, things like this can kind of blend together. Mm-hmm. The fact that they have these little interludes helps sort of helps the album flow, helps break it up a little bit, and gives it something that you don't hear too often. Right. Just a little weird thing. Funny, funny thing. They they said they were really influenced by. Um, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh boy, I can I I noted one song in particular reminded me a lot of like early RCP, yeah. yeah. And and not just in like their musical style, but in like the way they just like partied. Like these yeah. guys, they were known for being like party animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it really like you watch the videos and they're like. I think is it Mean Machine where they're like on on ice. Mm-hmm. They're like holy shit. There's a couple times they looked, they looked like they took legitimate spills and hit their head on ice, which fucking hurts if you've ever done that. I know we're definitely not there yet uh, because it's it's track 12, but the song Caboose. Did you yeah. watch the music video for that? Um, no, I don't okay. think I did. So in that, they're also on ice in a hockey <laughs> rink. <laughs> yeah. So that was the, the song that essentially got them uh, a record deal. Yeah. And, and we'll get into that later. But like, yeah, I, I watched... Mean Machine, which has the hockey rink stuff, and then I uh, I watched Caboose, yeah, which also has ho- hockey rink stuff, but it was like filmed like a year or two prior or months prior, something like that. Huh. So that was the original hockey rink video, and they were like, "This worked out so well last time. 
Yeah. Let's and and when you think hockey, you think of SoCal surfer dudes. Right. <laughs> of course. Goes together. Obviously. <laughs> quack, quack. Um, so yeah, Snug Harbor. Do you have any notes on that one? Um, uh, just that it's 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 a great introduction to the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as far as the musical, what's in there, it's good. Mm-hmm. I don't have much to say other than it's just it's nice. It's fun. Great way to start an album. I th- I agree. Uh, we've been talking about it longer than the song <laughs> yeah. itself is, so we can move on to track two, Rhyme Stealer, uh, the first record scratching on a new metal album, and I am here for it. I made that note as well. Oh, nice. That's okay. the first scratching mm-hmm. that at least we've covered. And I think under the umbrella of new metal, this would be technically the first. Mm-hmm. That's it. And um, uh, it's it's good. Yeah. It, it, it sets a tone for the album, lets you know what you're in for, and is a good representation of, I'd say, the album in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, I used to be a DJ and I am hyper picky about it. So just be prepared for me to bitch about it constantly going forward at Please. all times. <laughs> Um, outside of that, uh, I noted, look, I, I listened to Sugar Ray's sophomore album, Floored, a lot. Like, I'm yeah. very familiar with that album. Looking forward to eventually getting there uh, in subsequent episodes of the show. But I, I know that there's some, like, heavy stuff on there. I know there's some, like, good guitar riffs there. I don't think I've ever listened to this album all the way through before until oh, like really? the past week. And I've listened to it like three or four times all the way through. I didn't realize the riff started so soon. And I made the note, welcome to Riff City, because <laughs> we this is where it starts. I know there's a lot of like heavy riffs through Korn uh, or the, the first album, but there's not really any like to me, there's not really any definable riffs. Right. There's a lot of like grooves and power where it's the guitar, bass and drums all coming together at the same time. Yeah. This is the first time where it's like discernible guitar riffs. It's very riff heavy. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Rhyme Stealer. Damn. Yeah. I, I I love the riffs on this song. It's That's a so it's a banger of a not really an opening track, mm-hmm. but to, to give you an idea of what their music is is going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been lulled into it with with Snug Harbor, mm-hmm. and then you get punched in the mush mm-hmm. by Rhyme Stealer. I, I was picturing in my brain the band back in this time coming out to Snug Harbor. Like walking onto the stage during that song. After that stops, they jump into Rhyme Stealer. Oh, I'm like, man. oh, this would get the the yeah. fucking club going. Yeah, mm-hmm. this would be a banger. Did did you come across? Um, and this is maybe going back a little bit, but uh, apparently when they got signed, they had like two songs. Hmm. I didn't realize that. And so they wrote most of these songs, you know, like a very very short amount of time, uh, mm. because they literally, I guess, when they told uh, Atlantic that. <laughs> whenever they were getting signed, they said, oh, we've got like hundreds of songs. Oh, they had okay. two. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to do that. You right. Know? When yeah. you're in a band, you're like, oh, yeah, we can play like a half hour show. <laughs> like we've got 14 minutes of music. <laughs> and go to the bathroom and freak out and cry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Do you have any additional notes on, on that one? Uh, no. Uh, real quick. Do you know what songs? Because I know Caboose was one of those early songs then. Do you know what the, the second song uh, was? I think it was 10 seconds down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so let's move on to track three, Iron Mike. Um, it's the longest song on the album at four minutes, 40 seconds. This song, from what I read, again, this is, take it with a grain of salt, it's online. Uh, but I read that this song is about Iron Mike Tyson. And it seems like the lyrics support that because it seems 
there's a, a mention of like Robin Givens and, and all the stuff in the lyrics. Right. Um, but yeah, it's important to note. Yeah, this song is about Iron Mike Tyson. You know, the video game character. Um, <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is funny to me that like they wrote a song about Iron Mike Tyson. But the name of the band is Sugar Ray. So you think they would have like a song about Sugar Ray Leonard, but no. Nope. No. Like we're just boxing fans? I don't know. I, I guess. Like, it makes sense. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a one-to-one. Okay, so I've, I've listened to this album for a long time. Oh, okay. I should have checked the dates on this, but is the the sample... Is he saying, he's saying kick ass, right? Uh-huh. Now, is that Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey? Ooh. I don't know. I, 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 I listen to it. It, okay. it sounds a lot like Harry Will Ferrell's classic Harry Carey. Kick ass! It's like, <laughs> kick, kick ass! I can't hear it. Even if it's not that, it's, it will always forever be in my brain. Will Ferrell doing Harry Carey. That could be in DC canon at this point. That's, that's all I care about. Um, yes. The bridge of this song reminds me a bit of the song Unsung by Helmet. How it has that kind of like that like it's not like a weird time signature, but it's it's got like a da na na da na na that yeah. type of thing, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's got kind of a offbeat rhythm a little bit. Yeah. But uh, it sounds. This is one of my favorite songs on the mm, album. I can see that. It's yeah. got good dynamics um, because it has those. You know, really uh, the verses get really kind of groovy, mm-hmm. and then it just picks up into the whole thing and and just kick ass. <laughs> It's great. Yeah. This is one of my favorites for yeah. sure. Uh, I noticed on this album, there's a lot of repetition as far as like singing lyrics over and over again. Like a, an entire chorus will just be the same line repeated four times. Or yeah, the, that kick-ass sample is repeated at the end of each line. Something to, to that effect or some combination of it. And I mean, with what you were saying about how quickly they were having to put these songs together and write them. <laughs> yeah. That totally makes sense. But also it's like... It works, you know, they're not trying to like create some great art. They're just trying to have some like fun songs to go play or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. It's good. There needs to be more bands like this now. Everybody Mm -hmm. tries to be too serious and listening to this album. I'm like, this is just fun. This Mm -hmm. is just guys rocking out, Mm -hmm. having a good time. Yeah. And it's important that it's men. White men. Yeah. Of Except for DJ Homicide. <laughs> and he was hardly even there. <laughs> yeah. um, no, uh, I uh, uh, totally forgot what I was going to say. Uh, uh, panic. Uh, do, do you have anything else on that one? Uh, no. Okay. Let's move on to track four, Hold Your Eyes. I, uh, the first time I heard the song, it kind of threw me for a loop because uh, the two previous songs, Rhyme Stealer and Iron Mike, were kind of like, very rock oriented and very like kind of gruff sounding vocally not like the like super like gurgly heavy vocals but right. much more rough than what you would expect from mark mcgrath if you've only heard every morning or whatever <laughs> yeah. right so when it gets to this one i'm like god damn this motherfucker can sing like he's like i legit enjoy his singing yeah he's got a good voice and like what we're talking about sugar ray as a as a whole like, I like Sugar Ray. I didn't, like, get all of their their albums or whatever. Right. I think I stopped at the self-titled one, whatever is the white cover or whatever. Uh, it's essentially an album too far. 
that, yes. <laughs> that yes. I went, you, right? Yeah, that was one too far. Yeah. Uh, but, like, look, I'm a 311 fan. There was a, an appearance by Nick Hexum. I'm like, well, I gotta, I gotta listen to this, you know? I do like that song. Yeah. Um, but, like, generally speaking, I like Sugar Ray. Martin McGrath seems like an okay dude. We're recording this on January 12th, uh, 2022. So, uh, we're just not sure if, any, if anything weird came out. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, but... Uh, I, I really enjoy his singing and yeah. uh, from some of the videos I've seen online of like live performances he seems like a, a good front man to the band and everything oh yeah he's a great front man yeah and like the band overall it seems like they're just they, much like Clint Biscuit I feel like they know what they are right their newest album that came out in like 2019 something like something that like is, that, is yeah. called uh, fuck it just immediately like left Cougar right. Rock or uh, Cougar so, yeah, fuck. I'll, have to, I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, it, 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 he's got he's got a charm that I think is kind of undeniable. Where even if you hate Sugar Ray, if you were to meet Mark McGrath and had no idea what Sugar Ray was, you could be like, well, this guy comes across a little bit douchey, but also I like him. Mm-hmm. Like he's got that vibe. Everybody works with somebody who's like that. Where you're like, mm-hmm. oh god, here he comes. But then you talk to him and you're like, eh, this guy's all right. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I get off Mark McGrath. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It was 2009 Music for Cougars. Music for Cougars. Their newest album, 2019, is called Little Yachty. Odd name. Mm -hmm. They knew what they were doing, though. Odd name. They had had to have (laughs) known. Because it's spelled L-I-T-T-L-E instead of L-I-L. Hell. Right. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's like a, a jazzy little ditty. Um, I really like the bass tone on this album, and I think this is a nice showcase for that. Um, and there's, <laughs> I was looking at the lyrics, uh, which I rarely do on most music that I listen to, but this caught my attention. There's a lyric that says, see me come along, my baby, gonna give you some disease. I was like, damn, he's just, his dick's just full Putting on it out it. there. Yeah. Before Papa Roach, <laughs> his dick was infested. <laughs> He's, he's had an STD. Oh, yeah. Uh, allegedly. To. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't get just sued. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it would it would go to that. You would you would assume that he's had an STD. Mm-hmm. The guy was probably I don't want to get crass, but he's probably tearing through the puss like. Nothing. Oh, he is raw dogging for sure. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But no, he, he definitely and, and listening to interviews, he, he definitely uh, comes across as someone who. Uh, very much enjoyed um, sleeping around with women and was not shy about it. Look, he's a young guy. I assume he's single at that time. Yeah. You know, might as well just rip through the ass, you know. Partying, playing in a fun punk metal band mm-hmm. and drinking all the time. Yeah, this dude. Yeah. Yeah. It went crazy. Hell, I would have. I mean, like, I would have fucked him. I don't mean like. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would have fucked him. Um, yeah, it's not yeah, weird. It's, uh, the end. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else for you on Hold Your Eyes? Um, I did. It did, it did kind of dawn on me that this is a little bit of a precursor to, towards their later music mm-hmm. um, where they get much softer and gentler. But what kills me about it is they definitely did these songs, these lounge songs as like kind of a tongue in cheek joke. Yes. But yeah. what's funny is it later becomes what they really do. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And I just thought that it was just an observation I had listening to the song. Well, I wonder with... Uh, how poorly this album did, yet they were able to keep their record deal or at least make a new new album. I don't know if that deal changed or whatever, but I wonder if there was a part of them where it's like, look, we will 
produce another album for you, but you have to make a radio hit because fly on that album is so atypical. Yes. So atonal for like the rest of the album, you know, right. That it's like, okay, I, I kind of see what they were doing because if you buy the album for fly, oh. because this was before you could just buy individual songs, you could buy like a, a single or whatever, yeah. but it's going to almost cost you as much to just like buy the album or whatever. Right. Right. So, if you bought that and then you heard like some of these like heavier or more like up tempo <laughs> songs, you got another thing coming, you know, you just preset <laughs> yeah. it best. Um, OK, uh, anything else for you on that one? Uh, no, that's okay. it for that. So track five, the greatest. Um, I thought this one was just a straightforward rock song. The uh, guitar on it sounds kind of like a Tom Morello-esque riff to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think? Uh, this is one of the weaker ones for me. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was a little boring. It didn't really have yeah. anything that stood out to the song. It just like you said, it was kind of a straightforward, um, a, a cover band of this album. Right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, just, just very kind of, okay, it's there. It's performed. It's not bad. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's not one that I would skip, but it's not mm-hmm. one that I'm like going back to. Like right. it comes on. I listen to it. Fine. Yeah. No worries. It's it, good. Yeah, that's a, a great way to put it. It's like if you have the album on, you're just listening to it front to back yeah. or on shuffle or whatever, and it comes on. Yeah, I'm not going to like rush to change it, but like it's, it's not something I'm going to seek out either. There really aren't that many skippable songs on the. I, I'd say there's probably like no skippable songs on this album. Like I could listen to this front to back without really feeling the urge to change anything. Um, I don't love every song on the album, but mm-hmm. like. Like I said, they're all they're all listenable. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I've got like my favorites, but then like, yeah, that's totally inoffensive to listen to. Not yeah. not anything where I'm like, if I put this in my three disc changer and hear one of these songs <laughs> in the middle of the night, it's not gonna make me wet the bed. Um, uh, do you want to move forward to track six? Uh, yeah. Okay. What is it about track sixes that are just yeah. like have weird? Sometimes problematic titles. Um, I did some some research on this. I don't I don't know how well you uh, looked into it, but track six is titled "Big Black Woman." Um, it was originally titled "Big Butt Woman," and um, that was when the band was called Trinky Dinks right. back in the day. That was their their name they got signed under. But because of like whoever owns the the Shrinky Dinks, like that actual like Shrinky Dink like technology or whatever <laughs> whatever that little like. Our scientist at Strinky Dinks <laughs> are suing your ass. We're on the cutting edge. <laughs> so, due to a lawsuit, they were forced to change the name. They changed it to Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray Leonard had no idea. I guess I don't. I don't know. But um, well, he did eventually found out about it. Mm-hmm. And Mark McGrath says that they worked out a deal. Hmm, okay. Um, because I guess Sugar Ray Leonard, Sugar Ray Leonard, was like, "Well, am I getting royalties off of this?" And they're like. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not. But like we can work out like some kind of and I don't know what the deal was, mm-hmm. but apparently it was something they both uh, walked away happy with. So free tickets. Yeah. Yeah. For life. For life. Yeah, that's right. I don't want to say anything, but we got some cougar rock shit that's coming up. And uh, <laughs> I don't think you're going to dig it. Bring your lady out. Um, the lyrics to the song were supposedly inspired by the time Mark McGrath was hit on by a transvestite. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really like study the lyrics that much. It gets worse. (laughs) Right. Um, But uh, musically and as far as like the song itself goes, it feels like as a a punk rock 
uh, aesthetic to it. And it, yeah. this is the song that reminds me of early Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. You know, the, the their Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of Higher Ground? Yeah. Uh, toward the end of that song, it gets like real like uh, thrashy in a oh, way. Oh, right. Yeah. That that specific sound at the end of that song reminds me of a lot of the feel of this song. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. It, wait, does it? Is that what he says? He tells someone to back off. Like this is like, yeah, I started going through the lyrics, but then clearly I just like it's back off. Big black woman. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that's problematic then. Yeah. OK, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I went through some of these, I like kind of just like poked around on the lyrics. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just I just skipped right through it. Like I use genius to look up some of the lyrics. And if it's has that little thing that's highlighted, I'll, I'll click on it just for like more information or yeah. whatever. That one didn't have any of those boxes. So I was just like, well, I guess there's nothing important here. Moving on. Yeah, there wasn't much on Genius about anything on this no. album. Um, but reading the lyrics, um, the transvestite thing makes the lyrics make more sense, I think. Because mm. um, it's like he he offers to buy like a, a woman a drink at a bar and then like go ho- goes home with her and then like changes his mind. And I was trying to kind con- of con- was like, well, w- surely he would have known if she was a big black woman um (laughs) if he didn't want to be with her fine Mm -hmm. um but why would he offer a drink at the bar but being that it was about a transvestite um probably means that you know the the worst of it um Mm -hmm. so uh i don't know he his his opinions may have evolved on this so i don't want to say you Mm -hmm. know fuck mark mcgrath but at the time 1990 what six mark mcgrath 95 95 Mm -hmm. mark mcgrath fuck mark 1995 more god damn it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we get what you're Fuck saying. 1995 Mark McGrath. That's Look, what I'm saying. Let's just put it on the record here on uh, episode three of NDC. Uh, Ross and I are both like super liberal, like accepting people. Yeah. Everything else that we say going forward uh, should be covered by that. Um, that said, uh, we're probably going to fuck around and find out. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Sure. We're going to fucking joke around. <laughs> um, so, okay. So we, we learned about that one. Um, any I like the notes? bridge on this song. Um, the dun, 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 and you know, everybody loves it when you make music with your mouth, but, but it's the dun, 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 I really, really, really love that part. Yeah. Um, uh, the lyrics, not, not a fan of, um, unfortunately I would probably put this song much higher on my likability if not for the lyrics. See, this is why I don't bother looking at lyrics i barely pay attention to them on yeah. in music uh unless it's just something that i've just really piques my interest you know catching my ears like what did they say there i right. barely do it uh yeah so I, i'm just gonna after this discussion after this record i'm just gonna wash that out of my head yeah and not idea. think about that ever again yeah. um and yeah like when uh when i saw martin mcgrath on big brother a couple of seasons ago he seemed like real, like chill and accepting of, of like everyone. There were people of all stripes there. People and evolve. People evolve exactly, and especially since he lives in one of these coastal elites, living in California. Ugh. Oh my God! Uh, put some tofu in your hummus and f- go ahead and milk your kale. I ain't nothing but stairs and queers in California. It's pronounced quars. Quars. Quar. Yeah. <laughs> they sparkle in the sky. Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to move on to number seven? Yes. Okay. So track seven is Mean Machine. Uh, I will say up front that this is my favorite song on the album. Agreed. Um, Are we two for two on that? Because mm. Shoots and Ladders, right? Uh, blind for me. Okay. Of course, yeah. Okay. But well, yeah, we're, we're right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, this is my favorite song. Uh, I feel like this is probably the song I've heard the most. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was looking this up and it said that this the music video for this song was featured in an episode of Beavis and Butthead titled <laughs> Bang the Bang the Drum Slowly Dumbass. <laughs> so uh, the first time I heard about this song... It, <laughs> that, that title's funnier than everything we've done and oh, will do. 100%. <laughs> uh, the first time I heard about this song, it was after the album Floored came out and on our local radio station... At the time, uh, Z would have worked by the edge. They would, was modern rock. <laughs> not anymore. Nope. <laughs> um, they would do these things called double edge on whatever. It's kind of oh, like a, yeah. kind of like your standard two for Tuesday, but it was like more special because it was like every now and then. Right. And at the time, I believe uh, Sugar Ray was coming to town for I think Edge Fest, and oh. that was um, at that point that the the only hit song that Sugar Ray had was Fly. And they were like, well, we're playing a, a double edge. I think it was like a full day, just like as a special thing. They had double edges of every band and they wanted to hype up the festival. So they were like, well, let's go ahead and play Sugar Ray. But we need another song to pair this with. And they paired it with Mean Machine because that was like the other song that was available at the time as a single. What's right. That? And fun, fun little note. I actually saw Sugar Ray. Um, at that uh, Edge Fest 1997. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember, but yes, mm-hmm. I did see them uh, play in, in 97. So this, oh, would yeah. be, this would have been post-floored, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they played a lot of songs. I don't remember, but I'm sure they played a lot of songs off of this. But mm-hmm. yeah, those those uh, Double Edge, oh man, I love those because they mm-hmm. would always play like the modern one and then like the, it's, it's kind of a more un, less known, unknown yes. song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was fun to hear that because mm-hmm. you didn't always get... These kids today, they got their Spotify's and their Apple Music's. Back then, we just had the radio, you know? <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a way to help, like, direct you toward a new band's material. Right. In a way, instead of just like, well, here's 14 songs. Just fucking pick one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Snug Harbor, that's what you're going with? Okay. Not <laughs> real representative of what you're going to see live, but all right. Um so, yeah, I, uh, I I remember liking that song back then, but I didn't, like, buy that album. I ended up buying, like, Floored at the time. Right. Um, which I ended up buying it at Walmart, so I got the edited version. Oh, man. I didn't know there was... I didn't know! Like, it was... Cash! Fun. I need some cash! Yeah. I need some cash! Yeah. I didn't realize the word fucking was in there constantly. Right. <laughs> I was I was missing out. I was, I was pissed off about that. Um, I think a nice triple feature... With this song, Mean Machine, a song about cars, which is something that people in rock do from time to time, you know, going back to like rockabilly music forward. Um, you could triple feature this with RPM, also by Sugar Ray from oh, yeah. the next album, Floored, and Fuel by Metallica. Just have yourself a fun little like time drifting, Tokyo drifting through your neighborhood. Yeah. Fuck course. yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to see the song like remixed and revamped and put in a like fast 10. I need it. Ooh, it would be good. It would be good. <laughs> I, I actually have on my notes, um, driving song. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a song that I would drive as fast as I could in my 89 Ford Taurus down backcountry roads. Brother, I came, f- I left my work to come home for lunch listening to this song. Oh man. I was hauling ass. You, you can't. can't. You, you can't cannot. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Damn, twice in a row. Holy shit. <laughs> Um, any other notes on Mean Machine? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, let's move on Good to song. 
Track eight, Dance Party USA, which is, uh, there's another prominent bass line here. Um, it, uh, to me, this is a very new metal sounding song. What do you have? <laughs> I literally have most new metal song, question mark. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> oh, damn, we are in sync. Bye, uh. bye. Um, this is one of those songs that you hear from bands every once in a while. I, I know uh, Limp Biscuit has one on Significant Other. Uh, where they just like do a roll call of like cities they've been oh, to or whatever. Right. Uh, Bloodhound Gang does this as well. Yeah. You hear it from time to time. Uh, this one is like Sugar Ray is just starting out, so they've just got like I think eight different cities, and they're all like major cities, like Chicago, uh, New in York, L.A., then Frisco. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so these are like major markets. He's like the real world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this uh, that's another reason why I don't look up lyrics. They're just dumb and, and stupid. Um, but. They left Tulsa out of this? I know. What the fuck? Guys. Okay. This is... How can you? Even Fred Durst gave Tulsa a shout out. This is true. It, we have laser tag. Had. Well, at the time. Yeah. We had we had laser tag. Yeah. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Laser quest. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> if you used to work at the laser quest in Tulsa, hit us up. <laughs> Check the show notes for that. Um, any other notes for you on Dance Party USA? Uh, I love the ending. Uh, remind me. Um, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I just have great ending. Okay. Um, I think it, it just gets really, really heavy at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I think there's like some, uh, record scratching and that type of stuff. Yeah. At the end of this one yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to check those boxes, you know, they're like, guys, we're going to make a new metal album. What is it? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's just throw everything at the fucking kitchen sink. Another thing I wanted to mention is that even though Korn's album came out first, it was like way too early for that to be inspiring for other musicians. Like new metal hasn't inspired itself yet at this point. Like yeah. it's it's still kind of like feeling itself out. Yeah. Like what it wants to be and right. the direction it wants to go. Um, so track nine is called 10 seconds down. Um, it's like a hardcore sounding song. Um, in 2018 bassist Murphy Carges stated that it sounds weird. Carges is his last name. It just sounds weird to me. My dog's <laughs> name is cage. It, it throws me off with that R in, in the middle. Um, bassist Murphy Carges stated that in a good Lord, this is a song that the band never didn't play, never right. didn't play, which is a, a like, weird way to say we always played this song. Yeah. It's like, it's like a drummer said it. Um, damn. <laughs> I actually first heard this song on, on the Escape from L.A. soundtrack. Yeah. You oh, yeah. That? Oh, yeah. That was a big album for me. Like, my girlfriend at the time, like, she lived in a different town. I could not drive, so she, like, bought so this. That's what like, he told us. Yeah, yeah. She's in a different town. She's in Canada. <laughs> Her name is Mitch. Um, but uh, she sent this to me, and I was, like, so fucking elated. Uh, back in the day, you and I had a, a favorite band called Gravity Kills, which is not new metal. It's a regional band. Uh, there was like industrial yeah. metal at that time, but I fucking love that band. And there was like a remix of, of the song Blame that I heard once oh, and man. loved. And it was like, I, the only way I can get this yeah. is by getting this album. And it had that. It had this Sugar Ray song, 10 Seconds Down. It had like some Tool songs on there. It was like yeah. very new metal. Oh, sure. it was. Mm-hmm. It, it, um... And I'm a big, uh, big John Carpenter fan. I've uh, recently, uh, well, pretty much all of last year, just went on a Carpenter tear, watched all of his movies like repeatedly and <clears throat> read a lot about the guy. Um, 
And uh, it's it's funny because because if you if you know John Carpenter, he he really likes to uh, he puts m- most of his uh, movies he does the score soundtrack and everything for. Mm. Um, he's a very 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 good musician, mm. um, very creative musician. Uh, well, there there are some videos out there of him like talking to Anthrax, and if you've seen John Carpenter, uh, he's looked the same since the seventies. He looks like an old man with a mustache. He's like an old cat. Yeah, <laughs> and there's this, uh, and you know, he he's very synth heavy, so a lot of his music is like very synthy, atmospheric. He did the like the Halloween theme, the that song. Um, but there's this there's like this clip killed me where he's he's talking to anthrax mm-hmm. you know scott ian in the in the booth mm-hmm. and he's like um can you guys do more just like da 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 and it's just so funny to see this old man who's into synths talking to these like metal bands and trying to get this sound out of them was and this for escape from it LA? was for escape from la yes. so he was like Weird. That's yeah. not. That's normally not how that no, works. No, it's not. Weird. No. And yeah. a lot of the 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 background music, like the score to it, was um like was like song. It wasn't just like uh like tracks, like mm-hmm. pre pre made tracks. He actually like I say scored, which was really him yelling at Scott Ian to play it more like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, he he like oversaw the production. I think it's one of the few, uh. I think maybe Memoirs of an Invisible Man he didn't do the music for, but it was one of the few movies that he did that he did not do the score for. Um, I guess a thing too in Yul Morricone. But um, did he do the music for Memoirs of a Geisha? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's like, not this one, but that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, but no, that's 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 a good example of like the uh, the album is better than the movie. <laughs> From what I understand, yeah, not not his brightest moment. No, there's yeah. a couple new metal albums that are like soundtracks. Corn City of Corn. Oh my God, Crow City of Angels. <laughs> it should be called Corn. <laughs> I mean, it's got corn in it. Yeah, um, just like my turds. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, they, uh, definitely album better than the movie uh, mm-hmm. Escape from L.A. Boy. That's a t- it's not even a good bad movie. It's just a poof, I don't know what happened there. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Doesn't, moving on. Yeah. Back to Sugar Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other notes for 10 seconds down? I only have one final note, but um you said it's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. It's it's not bad. Yeah. It's just um it's repetitive. Yeah. And it doesn't really it doesn't really do much. Dogs are in agreement with that one. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Do you want to repeat what you what you said? No, it's fine. Okay. All right, cool. We'll the dog stays in the middle. Let's leave it <laughs> Yeah, I felt like if if we have um Mean Machine, do we also need 10 seconds down? I like them both, but I feel like the the uh first one is better than the second one. Mean Machine, me. yeah, Mean yeah. Machine's a much better yeah, they're definitely in that same like driving fast, mm-hmm. but 10 seconds down is just sort of like I said, repetitive. It just yeah. doesn't it doesn't really go anywhere. I was trying to look at ten seconds down. I don't know what that means. I looked at the lyrics. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what, I, what is this remote remote control? Yeah, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> how does that? What does ten seconds down mean? How does remote <laughs> control relate to it? Is it, is it something about like renting a, a movie? 
on your TV. Well, they didn't have that option back then. Well, I guess you could do it in like a hotel, whatever the fuck. It doesn't There's matter. There's a lot of lyrics on this album that I'm not a big lyrics guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I more like to get into the music, yeah. but um, sometimes you can't help but hear things and be like, well, well, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> and then what? like genius doesn't have anything on it. So who the fuck knows? Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, are, are they talking about Hitler? Is this? Are they pro Hitler on this? This is like the worst NWA, NWA album I've ever heard. Mom. You heard it here first. First, goddamn. I know. You heard it here first, folks. Brent, Brent says Sugar Ray are Hitler. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. A bunch of white guys. You tell me. Um, He's just asking questions, people. Don't somebody has to do it. Somebody has to be brave enough. Um, my last note on 10 Seconds Down is, why wasn't this track 10? It seems like a missed opportunity. Like, if it's 10 Seconds Down, oh, it's yeah. track 10. But you do it track 9, false. Zero Maybe they're saying 10. we've done 10. No, that doesn't make sense. Moving on. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Uh, track 10, Danzig Needs a Hug. Uh, probably like the best title on the album to me. Agreed. Um, it's a funky little song to chill to. Um, One of my favorites. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I have this on playlists for like um, like my chill playlists. Mm-hmm. Like if I, we're, we're hanging out at, at the pool on a summer day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have this one on there because it's just a fun little groove. Really like the bass line. Yeah. Um, it's 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 hilarious when people go, oh, what, what is this? Like my, my mom, you know, will be like, oh, what, this is fun. What is this? <laughs> Sugar Ray. Mm-hmm. And it always blows people's minds because it's it's such a weird, uh, weird and anomalous song. Yeah. And it, even though it's like a lighter song, it still doesn't sound like. Uh, every morning or uh, fly or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. Much more in the lounge vange. Mm-hmm. Vange. Vange. Uh, I love my vange. There is a funny, I did uh, hear a funny, clever little anecdote about mm-hmm. the song. Um, apparently, somebody told Danzig, they're like, you know, Sugar Ray has a song called Danzig Needs a Hug. And he said, Sugar The boxer? <laughs> he said, Sugar Ray fucking sucks. <laughs> That seems consistent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can see him like being told that over dinner. He like peeks over the menu to say that and then goes back to it. I love that. Um, so track 11 is called Drive By. It's a little skit. It's another thing that you see crop up from time to time in albums, mostly like hip hop back in the day. I don't mm-hmm. know if they still do that, but uh, it, it didn't happen too often in on like rock records or if it did, it was like after a track or something. It was like buried within the album. You can right. like immediately skip to it. Uh, same thing here. I don't know why this is like a selectable, like you can immediately go to track 11 yeah. and listen to this. Um, but it like, look, it's problematic in modern times, but I think it was just like a funny thing they were doing in the studio to like make each other laugh or whatever. I, I'm not like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not Mexican, but I am brown and I feel like I, I should say, Mexicans relax. It's fine. <laughs> well, you will like it now. No, no, no. Like, it's, you guys freak out over everything. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't feel like they're making fun of Mexicans so much as it's somebody who's in customer, from my point of view, as someone who works in customer service, it's, I enjoy it because it's like someone in customer service fucking with the customer. I like that aspect of it. The accent is problematic. It shouldn't come from a white guy, but yeah. the general idea I, right. I'm on board for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, yeah. As When I was younger, uh, what, 95, I would have been mm-hmm. 12. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't think it was funny. 
Full disclosure. Mm-hmm. Listening to it now, I'm like, ooh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's not even really a song, so it's not like I have any problem skipping it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I will say when he does this still makes me kind of chuckle a little bit. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, it's, you know, it's whatever. This is one I would skip. Yeah. You and I are both, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a, a weird skit. You don't need to like seek this out or whatever, right? For sure. Right. But um, you and I are both fans of like improv comedy. We like a bunch of like Earwolf podcast, that type of thing. Yeah. So I appreciate the like uh, the improv nature of it or whatever. Just like the the things there. Uh, Mark McGrath is like the the voice of the like right. restaurant person, and uh, he's just able to like rattle off these things. They probably yeah. like did that in the van or whatever. All the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, that's the, the part I like in that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. I'm, again, I'm not Mexican, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I get confused for one, so I can be like an honorary. Um, so track 12 is Caboose. Uh, this is the one I was telling you about as a music video. Um, even on Sugar Ray's uh, YouTube uh, channel. It has like their various music videos and some like uh, touring videos, all of that stuff. If you go back far enough, uh, like the earliest videos were uploaded 15 years ago when Damn. when YouTube was born. Um, and but the the songs themselves were older than that, right? Because this was '95, YouTube wasn't a thing at that point. So right. whatever. Um, if you go and look at it, it will say like "Mean Machine" by Sugar Ray. It will say "Iron Mike" by Sugar Ray. This one, if you look on their YouTube channel, it says. Caboose by Shrinky Dinks. Really? Yeah. It's oh, so wow. fucking funny. Huh. Um, but it's, you can tell that they look slightly different at that point. Yeah. But just barely. Like, there's just barely any changes huh. in their, their appearance. Uh, Mark McGrath looks like a little bit skinnier and his hair's a little bit longer and more brown. Whereas, like, after they got signed and, like, produced other videos, uh, I think he, like, bulked up a bit and then. Uh, his hair got a little more like blonde streaks in it or whatever. But uh, the funny thing is, if you look up the video, like the thumbnail of the video is Mark McGrath in a chair holding a, a dog. And then there's a shirtless black man standing behind him. And they're both in front of an American flag. <laughs> I just looked it up. Yes. <laughs> <It's>, um, <laughs> you ex- you described it exactly. Yep. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, what is this? <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, Shrinky Dinks. Wow. That's crazy, right? Um, But yeah, this is the song that got the band signed and the version of this song that is on the album. Oh, he's wearing a cowboy hat. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The version of this song that's on the album differs from what you'll see in the video. The audio itself is different. Oh, really? Yeah. So there are some like samples that were in that that weren't included in the final, like, album version of that under Sugar Ray. Yeah. Inclu- so I guess it was like a demo then. That was probably the audio from the demo, I, I think so. Assume. I mean, it, it sounds pretty good. And I, I honestly, like, I prefer the the Shrinky Dinks version because there's uh, uh, elements of the song The Choice Is Yours by Black Sheep. Do you know that? Nope. You know that song? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's in there. And that's cool. All right. Uh, and uh, it can Take be your heard word for it. It can be heard in the the, the video along with like, um, you know that like uh, that drum break that's in Corn's "Kick the PA." Oh yeah. Um, it's that's in there. Um, oh. Toward the end of it. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's what? Been sampled a million times. Yeah. And yeah, I gotta I gotta find this because you gotta you gotta hear this because I know you'll. Well, that's you'll, interesting. You'll recognize it as soon as I 
I play it because but. that same drum loop is that not the same drum loop from um, Fly? Uh, it is, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's, I mean, that's a popular like drum break. Right, it's, it's fucking right, right. everywhere. Um, let me see. It's. I, th- I thought I had. A, I thought I, I was. Do you think Caboose is about butts? God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of money writing on this. Okay, so this is the choice is yours. Let me know if this rings a bell for you. Uh, maybe if I turn the volume up. Oh fuck! I know this song. Yeah, yeah, of course. Was well, like the. Huh! Come on. Right. Yeah. No, I totally know this song. Oh, wait. Okay. That. God damn it. Uh, that hook, come on, is like in the song throughout like all the verses. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, that was a, a good detour. We're all happy I did that. Yeah. But hey, you don't have to edit it in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's good. Um, yeah. Anything else for you on Caboose? Um, no, pretty much we already covered it. It was their first song. It was a song that got them the record deal. Um, and is represented on the album cover. Oh, because a woman? Because <laughs> Caboose, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. got her Caboose in there. I wish you could see it. God damn it. They could just like <laughs> turn the camera just a little oh, bit, you know? God. I got to see those negatives. Getting horny on I pain. need it. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move forward to track 13, Scuzz Boots. <laughs> some yeah. of these song titles uh they don't relate to uh, the lyrics at all N- not terribly no. unusual but th- th- there's like a lot of them on this album yeah um uh this uh this song title is a reference to showering in a broken shower with standing disgusting water in it and having a scuzzy ring around your ankle which is gross I thought it was about like those fuzzy boots that women used to wear like in the 60s but this is way grosser <laughs> yeah Jesus Christ. Yeah. It really reminds me of like a 90s soul song. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it, I think you could easily hear it on like a 90s R&B uh, uh, station. Um, it's a good song. Oh, it's okay. Another, it's another solid song. Like, mm-hmm. I think you could take all of these lounge songs and like completely remove them from the album and it would make a fun little like mini album. Um, and it would sound like consistent. It, I know they're playing them off as kind of joke songs, but I think mm-hmm. that they're actually really good. You don't think they're serious about a song called Scuzz Boots? Um, maybe. <laughs> we'll never know. I, I've heard worse. I hope the song is in the Library of Congress somewhere. It's gotta be. It has to be at this point, right? Biden is just like... <laughs> hey, 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 gosh! And he just falls down. <laughs> um, hey, Jill, come here. <laughs> I got something I want to put on for you. Um, We're liberal, but fuck Biden. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even joking about that part. (laughs) So uh, people side tangent. Mm -hmm. People try to people try to be like, why don't you see people if Biden won the election? Why don't you see people driving around with Biden flags on their back of their trucks? (laughs) Because we're not not insane. (laughs) Also, I don't have a truck. (laughs) And also, I didn't vote for Biden. I voted against Trump. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyways, moving on. Yes, you got to do what you got to do, you know, in a pinch. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I noted that this is actually my least favorite song on the album. But again, it's still listenable. Oh, okay. It's just like I'm trying to, as we go through the albums, just get those categories set or right, whatever. Right, I, right. To me, I just felt like the other songs um, I'm more of like a up-tempo kind of fella. Uh, and uh, so those songs stand out to me more. But like. Um, you know, Danzig needs a hug and even Snug Harbor 
and hold your eyes. I think those are uh, a little more catchy to me. So that's yeah, that's why I said that. Um, that'll be yeah, that'll be the one thing I apologize for on this recording. Everything else I said was great. I stand by it 100%. The Mexican mm. thing, yeah, I'm not going back on it. I can't. I'm editing this episode and it all stays in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I budget for that, you know. I'll say the problematic shit when I edit. Um, anything else we're on Scuzz Boots? And before you start to say, hey, it's just two white guys making a podcast, Brent is brown. That's so right. he is my shield. You can't make fun of me. That's right. <laughs> Well, this backfired. Um, anything else on track 13 for you? Uh, that's it. All right. So let's move on to track 14, the final track, but the second to last song, Streaker. Uh, and I noted that, you know what? Even though the album's coming to a close, I've got plenty of gas in the tank for one last trip to Riff City, bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This riff heavy. This one, it's like the guitar and the bass sounds so thick on this album. This whole album is mixed really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of a lot, a lot of uh, bands' first albums have mixing problems just because they didn't have a lot of money. Um, they were probably working with new producers, mm-hmm. um, and they, they just don't sound. That's one of my biggest uh, uh, biggest downsides to Deftones is Adrenaline mm-hmm. is just one of the the worst mixed albums I've ever heard. I was thinking about that because um, that's coming up. And I my I've never listened to the album all the way through, but my recollection of Seven Words is it's like a little bit tinny. It's the whole album is tinny. Is it? Yeah. And I'm not saying Timmy like Tim the Toolman Taylor. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were saying like Timmy from South Park. Right. I'm not gonna do that voice though. Why? <laughs> well, I'm brown. Do it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a little repetitive, um, but it's got a really solid groove and it's got. Like you said, the riffs, mm-hmm. riff city. I'm here. Mm-hmm. I, it's 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 good. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a solid solid song. Not mm-hmm. one of my favorites, but also again, not one that I would skip. Uh, which is a better cl- closing track, this or Daddy? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let me ask you this. this. Okay, I was gonna say. <laughs> I feel like Daddy is more artistically like well put together. Yes. Whereas this is something that I will listen to again in my lifetime. Yeah, because I don't want to kill myself after I listen to this song. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a like a wild lead guitar at the end of this, like yeah. a, a crazy solo. It reminds me a little bit of like Carrie King from Slayer. Easy people. I'm just saying, just like it's a, a wild solo. That's it. Um, and then there's some gang vocals that remind me of early Bloodhound Gang. Oh records, yeah. You know. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that yeah. first. Uh, what was the name of that first one? The first Bloodhound Gang album. Use like, your fingers. Ch- is that right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I've got it? another hot chick on the cover. Look, when you find and a gimmick that wings? works, I know. Let's bring it back. You know what? It's it's time we brought back hot women. It's time we brought back objectifying women. <laughs> oh my god! It's they've had it too easy for too long. <laughs> if you're a hot lady out there, you know how to get a hold of us. Um, so, uh, yeah, th- that first Bloodhound Gang album, uh, the, the gang vocals they use on that is just like, it sounds like there's like a crowd of people shouting yeah. with them. Whereas on like subsequent albums, it was just like, you could tell they were like in studio or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm specifically talking about that, uh, that early record for Bloodhound Gang, gang vocals. Yeah. That's a good album too. Bloodhound Gangnam style. Bloodhound. 
round game. <laughs> um, what notes do you have for Streaker? Um, that it's repetitive a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not 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 a not a slight against it, but it's it's one of those that you're like, if they'd had maybe another like year to kind of flesh some of these songs out, they mm-hmm. could have put some more uh, some variations in there, maybe mm-hmm. made it a little bit more dynamic. Um, but given what they were probably up against, mm-hmm. um, I think it's just I, again it's. Any any album that is riff heavy that just mm-hmm. has like memorable riffs that like you can hear the first like four bars and you're like I'm in yeah. like songs don't do that anymore. you almost you don't hear riffs anymore people mm-hmm. don't do riffs anymore no he's goddamn all these little yachties and these <laughs> little pimp and little pump whatever happened to riff a riff riff there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like riff rap. <laughs> Guy's ridiculous, but I love it. Um, uh, any any other notes? Um, no, no. Okay, cool. Um, did you listen to the the hidden track? I did not. Okay, so it starts at six minutes eleven seconds into that uh, in, into track fourteen before you get to it. Um, it's called "One Brave Cowboy," and it's just a lo-fi acoustic song about a girl who lost her boyfriend in a war. That's it. So it's very like cut and dry, very simple lyrics, and then you get in and out, and it's like a one of the more sincere songs on the album. There's not really any jokes. He doesn't even do a Mexican voice, and I'm just like, come on, Mark, your last name is McGrath. You you can do this. Yeah, you're yeah. Irish. You get a pass. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Irish people were the first blacks. Whoa. <laughs> you ever hear people say that shit? Oh uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> And no, you're wrong. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah. You guys are just drunk <laughs> all the time. Just wandering right out into the ocean. I can say that because my wife is redhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I assume means Irish or whatever. Probably, yeah. No. I go host a podcast with an Irish. It's fine. He's... Oh, God. I know. It's... I'm not happy about it, but we accept those around us. Again, we're liberal. You know, we got to yeah. do what we got to do. Um, okay, so obviously no notes on, on that track then. Uh, yeah, so that was the, the end of the album. Uh, overall, what are your, your thoughts on the state of or the album and then the state of new metal up to this point? I think we're seeing the I think we're seeing new metal finding its footing here. Mm-hmm. We've got the we've got the turntablism. Yes. We've got the blending of sort of heavy, crunchy riffs with uh, a white guy rapping. Hmm. All tenets of new metal. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a little bit more on the punk side, maybe not as much on the on the the what new metal would eventually become, which was a mm-hmm. little bit more. Even though they are playing in drop D tuning, um, I think they're they're taking a lot of their riffage from uh, punk music and mm-hmm. not necessarily uh, what new metal eventually becomes, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's I think it still technically falls under the umbrella of new metal. Um, obviously, the album didn't make a very big splash, so. Um, it wasn't like this was like a seminal seminal uh, album mm-hmm. that uh, uh, people are going to look back on and be like, oh, that was, you know, for me, even I didn't even when I was making my list of new metal albums, this one didn't initially even pop onto my radar. Yeah. I, think, I think it was you that actually brought it up. Oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, it's technically and, and, and you're you're absolutely right. Mm hmm. I think, though, what Sugar Ray, the band, contributed to the scene in SoCal Mm -hmm. at the time, I think they were 
instrumental and uh, uh, very influential, if not for the population at large, at least for the group of people that they were in Mm -hmm. um, and that they partied with. Because most of those guys that that were in that scene went on to be big bands. But like I think we're going to find out with a lot of these bands, there's an inflection point. You can call it selling out. You can call it whatever you want. But Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is they... They had already changed their style before new metal was on the way out. Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to see it time and time again as we go along with this podcast. Bands go, OK, we don't want to do this anymore or let's try a new sound. And then that sound works. You get your mm-hmm. Incubus, you know, does it kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Deftones, for sure, uh, where they find. <laughs> I don't want to say a way out that they they. Uh, they find a way to expand their sound into something else. Yeah. Uh, Sugar Ray, you can argue about the quality, especially as the albums go on and there's a precipitous drop off in quality. But I think what they did for the scene early on, I think was incredibly important. And um, I think you've got to give them props for that. Absolutely. And yeah. like the diversity of sound, like we talked oh, about corn. Yeah. That first Corn album is very consistently Corn throughout, right? Even so much as like there are a couple of songs, as you mentioned, sounds like a Corn cover band covered Corn yeah. on their own album, they're self-titled even. Uh, whereas this is like Sugar Ray, and it's a little bit like ADHD in a way, where it's just like <laughs> yeah. all over the place. But it's also like the same four to six musicians like coming together to put this album together. So it's yeah, there's a consistency in like. An overall like vibe of like party and like chill to it yeah. that I really appreciate. And it helped like, I don't know, man, I feel like this album. Hmm, I don't know how many people who like would go on to form later metal album. Like, I don't know that that Slipknot was inspired by the Sugar Ray album, but I feel like <laughs> Sugar Ray as a band for the people who would like later buy Florida and listen to like the harder tracks that are on that album. Right. Could have like picked up some like, oh, here's like some heaviness we can get into that also has a groove and then also like up-tempo songs. Right. I, I think that might've been like my number one complaint for that corn album is like th- there's heaviness, but it's not really up-tempo. No. It's not, doesn't have the speed to it. Whereas this is well, more my speed. I'll, I'll just say it. Um, it's definitely but, more. Well, cause there's new metal and, and you could almost call this like new punk. Mm-hmm. Like as in that it's 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 going a little bit it's taking all the punk trappings and a million other genres and then just kind of throwing them into a blender and it comes out to something that's like mm-hmm. listenable and that doesn't sound too much like one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. Um so I think I think that innovation and listening back to it, it's it'd be easy for people to go, what that's innovative you really call them that innovative, but it really mm-hmm. it really was for the time, mm-hmm. 95 um, there was nothing like this being played. You could maybe say Red Hot Chili Peppers a little bit, mm-hmm. but they they definitively did something new with this album. Yeah, and for that I and it's it's just a fun it's a party album. Like it you is, could yeah. put this on on a party, play it all the way through, and I think people would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for that I give it two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in agreement with you. So far, I'm having a good time listening to. Uh, both of these albums. Uh, this one is certainly more fun, but I appreciate the yeah. uh, uh, where we started, where we're going for now. Again, 
looking at the the new metal timeline and we've got like i think i i got us up to like four pages in that timeline yeah worth of like text and there's a there's a there's a lot of those where I'm just like, maybe we can just talk about like two songs. <laughs> we can just like bullshit the rest of the episode. When are we getting <laughs> trapped? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I hope they're not. I, I hope I'm hoping they're just. We're going to trim that list down a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> or we're going to condense a whole lot of those into mm-hmm. one or two episodes because mm-hmm. I am not going like I've spent the past two weeks listening to this album. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend two weeks listening to Edema. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen look we might just have to like curse around some of these albums and just like here's three songs we can talk about or whatever yeah, you know yeah yeah because yeah. we look we owe it to new metal she's on life support we got to resuscitate her yeah biscuits doing the best they can dropping that album at the end of last year carrying the torch <sighs> she needs some help um speaking of mm-hmm. next album i gotta look back at the timeline but oh what is the new new metal album that we'll be discussing new new metal on the next episode of nudist colony we're going to talk about also 1995's adrenaline by deftones oh okay Mm -hmm. yeah good good, oh yeah yeah unfortunately we're not getting to biscuit for a couple quite quite a few more episodes (laughs) before we get there uh we we're still in 95 we got to make it to 97 so Yeah, we got some track ahead of us. We got some time. Uh, But yeah, uh, I've never listened to that album all the way through. Uh, Like I said, uh, sounds like it's going to be a very tinny experience. Um, It's good, though. It's still a very solid album. I love it. But I I did this the other day. Literally, I was listening to Adrenaline and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to just in the middle of a song. Mm -hmm. I switched it over to. uh my own summer mm-hmm. um just like in the middle of the song just had spotify pulled up clicked it and the mm-hmm. i mean god damn you might as well be listening to like a different band altogether <laughs> it is crazy the production difference i wish mm-hmm. someone would go back and remaster that album but mm-hmm. i've heard something that like the masters don't exist anymore so they can't really do much to like do a true remaster mm-hmm. but just somebody fucking re-eq that album or something was that hmm was that one of the the master tapes that got destroyed in that universal fire a few years ago it might have been i don't quote me on this one um it was something either they lost it or got destroyed or something something happened i want you to look me right in my eyes right now or maybe they just don't give a no, shit no, no. maybe it they're just saying <laughs> I feel like you know you're lying to me. Right. Did Chino Marino smoke the master tapes? Well, he freebased it. If you call that smoking, mm, but he did put it in a crack pipe and smoke. Okay. <laughs> I knew it. A son of a bitch. I knew it. You can see it on his face. You can tell. Yeah. Um, all right. So any anything else for you on uh, uh, this episode, this uh, upcoming album that we'll be doing? Any other notes? Um, I did see that somebody asked them if they wanted to do a 20-year reunion and go around and play these songs, and they said absolutely not. Who, Sugar Ray? Yeah. No, yeah. (laughs) Especially now. Like, they, you know, it's 2022 when we're recording this, like we said, in uh, January, and 
there were a lot of bands that are like, oh yeah, we have this tour coming up in 2022. And then like every day I check these different music websites as like this band canceling their tour, this band postponing the tour, yeah. et cetera. So it's just like, Bummer. it's more of the same. I think where we're really finding success here in America is uh, people not getting their shit together and getting vaccinated. Yeah. That really is super helpful. It gives the virus time to mutate and turn to the other forms of itself and then you know, just make life full on miserable. But God damn it. Thanks, everybody. Sometimes you just don't want to wear a mask, I'm saying, you know? Yeah, and if you go to anywhere in Oklahoma on any day at any time, um, I really appreciate that everybody is masked up, and I really like the way that they look at me whenever I wear my mask around. And it's mm-hmm. definitely not looking at me like I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Who cares? You're, you're wearing a mask. That's a big you sarcasm on that one. <laughs> Let me just tag a hashtag big sarcasm. <laughs> All right, so that uh, that should wrap up this episode. So be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at nudistpod. Email us at nudistpod at gmail.com. There's no T in it. It's not nudist. It's N-U-D-I-S. I'm, look, we know it's bad. <laughs> we can't, like, we could help it, obviously. We, we knew this going into it, but like eventually you'll just acclimate to it. Just go ahead and type in nudistpod at gmail.com send us an email you can just put the word test in there but that way it's saved in your email for next time whenever you have something to really like talk to us about you know right and please reach out to us we want to hear we want to we want some feedback in this give Mm -hmm. us five stars on uh apple apple podcasts um um, but listen to all your podcasts on overcast don't (laughs) Yeah, this is true. You you have converted me over to that one. It's much. Yeah. It's a much better uh, podcasting app. Very functional. Very works functional. Great. Yeah, mm-hmm. but go to go to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars or four stars, but don't give us any less. Than no, that. let's just go. Let's just go five. Five stars. Yeah, don't no give reason. us anything but five stars. If you're gonna do four, give us that extra five star. You know. Yeah. Put your complaint in an email that can come to us. We'll look into it. But just give us that five star. Yeah, first, before you do anything else. And also, if you're thinking about giving it a one star, remember, Brent is brown, so you can't do that or you're racist. That is racist. That's factually. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's a gif of a little black boy that says that's racist. That's talking to you. You know what it is. I know you've seen it. And I know you've been sent that gif, you piece of shit. Um, but yeah, if you, if you have any um, questions or, or anything like that, if you have thoughts on anything we discuss, Please uh, let us know. Yeah. Also, um, I have been sort of guest hosting uh, New Criminals with Eric Bookout. I, I heard they actually changed the name to True Criminals. True. What did I say? New Criminals. God damn it. That's, that's the combined show. <laughs> that's their combined efforts. Jesus Christ. <laughs> True Criminals. And I actually got, don't worry, I got our name wrong whenever I... Uh, <laughs> I heard it. Yeah. I, out of mercy, I did not text you because I was like... You know what you did. No, as soon as I heard it, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Fucking moron. Um, uh, but uh, don't worry. I'm going to get it all wrong. Um, but it's called True Criminals. It's a really good podcast where uh, we talk to people uh, anonymously who we talk about to them about their crimes. Uh, so since it's anonymous, people can get really uh, then going into depth and not worry about, <clears throat> you know, uh, police or anything like that. Um, but I would highly recommend going listening to that. It's a very enjoyable podcast. And I've been helping Eric out um, doing some co-hosting with him. So. Check it out. Good episodes. Good episodes. Shout out to Eric, Scotty, and Rachel over there. Um, All right. So I think that's it. Did you have anything else you wanted to say before we shut this bitch down? Hmm. 
get fucked. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Fantastic. Uh, bye.